to the Hunting Dog Puller Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Moreland, and this is the place where we talk everything hunting dog and working dog related. We're just here to promote the sport that we love, so y'all buckle up, because you're along for the ride. Jeremiah 32, 17. Ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arms. Nothing is too hard for you. Jeremiah 32, 17. Hey guys, we've teamed up with Light Boots. They have the lightest 16-inch waterproof boot ever made. They have a one-piece injection mold design which increases durability. Some people say they are like walking on a cloud. All I know is if it ain't light, it ain't right. Go check them out at lightboots, L-I-T-E-B-O-O-T-S dot com. And they gave us a discount code for 10% off, T-H-D-P-10. Y'all go check them out. All right, guys, welcome back to the Hunting Dog Public Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Moreland, and today we're talking to Mr. Randy Gary. Mr. Randy, how are you? I'm doing good. How y'all? Man, we are good. Mr. Grandy, we always start off by telling a little about ourselves and where we're from, so can you tell people where you're from and a little about yourself? Uh, I'm from North Louisiana, and it's not really that famous. Everybody, uh wants to kind of elaborate on the Cajun in South Louisiana in this state. They'd rather forget about us good old rednecks up here. <laughs> you know? um, I owned Waterfowl Mercenary Guide Service for years. I got it, uh, the Indian Reservations of South Dakota and Arkansas. And then I made fur and fangs, coon, squirrel, hog, and bear dog videos. I was vice president of Bayou Squirrel Dog Association for quite some time. And, uh, that's all I've ever done. I've been a carpenter 45 years, but I get so aggravated when I hear them guns go off. The only gun I had was a male gun, so I figured a way where I could uh, hunt all hunting season and still make a little bit of haircut money. <laughs> you don't get that haircut too often, do you? I don't make no money. <clears throat> oh, come on now. I'll tell that. <laughs> I'm poor. So, I'm poor. so you, you got a, obviously got a job that allowed you to hunt a good bit. So that's correct. That's that's correct. I I was a duck and goose guy, but I'd run evening rabbit hunts. Like, you know, if you go goose hunting in the morning, you can take them duck hunting in the evening. But if you take them duck hunting in the morning, you can't really shoot geese in the evening. So I was the only guy that had the rabbit dogs. So you gave it to your customers uh kind of twenty four hour during the or daylight hunting abilities. That's that's correct. So the other guys would get a little swole up because they didn't get as good of tips because they only got to hunt them one time a day. But I told them get them some rabbit dogs. <laughs> so you, I would say you're <clears throat> what I would call an outdoorsman. You you, if it's a hunting season, I think you hunt it. Is that would you be that a fair statement? Yes, sir. But I, I tell you one thing. You know, I've got a bunch of friends that, that have rabbit dogs. And it's the black guys usually have the best if they ain't scared of snakes because they don't white perch fish with them scopes and they don't turkey hunt. 
and they don't deer hunt. All they do is one thing, and that's rap dogs. Yeah. And then that's all I do. I bow fish a little bit. I don't turkey hunt no more. I run dogs year round. That's when you teach them to run a rabbit. When you don't shoot him in the face first time, he comes up on you. That's when you, that's when they learn. And that's when you learn. They learn during the all season, all year round. Yeah. Would you say? Yes. And I'm in Louisiana, and it's rough here. I run at five in the morning till about they tell me seven thirty, eight o'clock. You know, it's been a, over a hundred degrees for I don't know three weeks. Most time, a hundred and four, hundred and seven. It's just too hot. Now, what what's the terrain like in your area? It's not very swampy, is it? Oh yeah, I'm North Louisiana. Well, we I got. I didn't. I, I didn't know if it was similar to South Louisiana or if it was more of like a. I guess what's that going to be down there next to Arkansas or upper next to Arkansas? Right, but uh, we've got a bunch of rivers and you know bayous and where all your swamp rabbits are. You know that's that's your wetlands and they put everything under a plow and the, the timber companies up here they ain't our friend. They don't like dog men. They used to do five, ten, fifteens, and twenties, hundred sixty acres at a time. Now they do six forties and they defoliate. It kills everything with that Fisher grass. It, it's it's and they don't like dogs. They won't. They won't, the timber companies won't lease it to dog hunting clubs or nothing no. like that no no and it's like this i don't have no automatic uh machine gun i don't need one i'm a pretty good shot and i'm you know i ain't got enough money to be spitting out shells but that don't mean i don't want you to have one because soon as they get yours they're gonna come after my browning and my beretta i mean right. my benelli amen amen they start with the low-hanging fruit normally that's right you know. And nobody, nobody does. Dogmen's greatest problem are not anti-hunters. It's bow hunters because they think every dog is running a deer. And if some of you dog hunters would just take them guys with you and they would see that coon dogs don't bother deer and rabbit dogs do not bother deer. Oh, I, mean, I, you got I agree. Dogmen's on everybody's neck. I agree 100%. You know, the downfall is, is, we we started this to get that word out there, but most of the people that listen are in our same shoes to where they agree with us. You know what I mean? Right. Well, now, what state are you in, Mississippi? I'm in North Mississippi, Northeast Mississippi, actually. Up like Batesville and all that? Uh, No, towards Tupelo. Oh, I know where that's at. Yep. I work and in Tupelo over every Mississippi. day. I got you. Yep. Y'all still got woods. Yeah, we we have some public land uh, that's got big, tall, hard woods, but but for the most part, people's done become par- farm, blah blah blah, pine farmers around here. If it's yeah, it, it, they putting pine trees on every hill that'll hold a tree. Yes, sir. And only Shul Brenner can eat a pine cone. <laughs> so you're probably too young to remember who he is. I am. I don't reckon I know who that is. He used to do a cereal commercial on TV. Fuel Brenner, yeah, you'll have to look him up. <laughs> I'll look him up. Now we do the upside of them pine thickets is, is I know quite a few people with rabbit dogs and and with them they hold the rabbits. We got these briar thickets and everything else. So they hold them for a small window of time. It depends on if they're rowed up and how far apart the trees are to let the briars grow. But it's a small window in the clear cuts and the planting is too big the rabbits can't just move over like they used to in the 80s huh now you said that 
you had told me in the past that you had still got your first hunting dog when you was nine year old. Is that correct? That's correct. That's correct. It really wasn't mine. It was my uh, cousin who was about 14, but he had already discovered girls. So he brought home this little puppy. And, you know, I guess I just kind of jacked this puppy. So. <laughs> was it a was it a beagle or what was yeah, it Yeah, it was a beagle it was a beagle sure was so i think it was skull for no it was it would have been pearson creek it would have been before that because he finally tracked down the old man that gave it to him so did y'all turn it into a rabbit dog or it turned itself into a rabbit dog so did you run a one dog pack for a while or did you get I you did more? I, I did and that's what started the addiction right there <laughs> he didn't have no help so no he was a pretty good one but i tell you what i fed him rag, rabbit tracks on a regular basis well when you're nine years old and got nothing else to do and you have a 22 because you pick up coke bottles and sell them back then you could do that 22s were 59 cents a, a piece and a coon high was 350 so oh, it yeah. was uh, so I mean, the dog normally that becomes the best is the one that gets hunted. Though, so I mean, well, it's pedigree and environment. Yeah, you know, I don't want to step on none of them's toes. I like all dog men, but there's different speeds of dogs, and I'm not if if they're that one. If they're a Black Creek man, you can look at back Black Creek pedigree. He's gonna tell you the speed he's gonna be. If you look at a true old school well-bred patch handle. I'm not talking about all this puppy milling stuff they do nowadays. He's going to he's gonna run like the wind, and you can't hardly have a pack of both because they'll be strung out through the woods. My friends don't hunt with me. I've known them 40 years. They run together. They run all females one day, all males the other, but they won't run with me, and I don't blame them. I'm not saying I have better dogs. I have faster dogs. Yeah. You know, they're kind of like a Mexican framer. My dogs can mess it up and fix it before the white boy. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, I get it. So so what you're saying is they can run past the track and pick the track back up a lot faster before the other people's dogs get there. Yes, yeah, sir. And I'm pretty hard on the dog. You know, if you see me with a dog or a woman more than three times and you can't buy it, you need to come in the middle of the night and steal it because it's worth feeding. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm rough on both of them. I'm just saying. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. I put them hours in, man. That's a lot of people don't. So, you know? oh, for sure. For sure. I, I'll be honest. I I watch your YouTube stuff regularly just because, man, you're always out there doing something. You're you're hunting. You're You're doing something creative, and it tickles me to death. I live it. You know, you got to realize it's easy to do when you're 30. I'm 64, hey, and I'm on Social Security. I'm old. And now <laughs> I don't hang out with my old buddies. I hang out with their sons because my old buddies want to sit in the rocking chair, and that rocking chair will suck the life out of you. Ain't that the truth? Right. Man. So I hang out with their sons. They're a little more. I don't, I'm choosy nowadays. I don't hog hunt like we used to and, and all that kind of stuff, you know. I've done a little bit when it comes everything when it comes to dogs, but I tell you something, I was like forty years old before I went with my first bear pack. That's like kissing a girl for the first time at forty years old. Oh, it's adrenaline rush, huh? No, that was the coolest stuff I ever did. I've been, you know, <clears throat> we'll never be able to do it here because you know we just now getting bears. We don't have the the history. You know what I mean? So, what where did you so, bear hunt at? 
North Carolina. <clears throat> now, was you videoing or was you just up there hunting? Oh, yeah, I was videoing and I killed some too. I got some on the wall. But, uh, yeah, I was, I was, uh, I was videoing. And I had my hair down and everything. So some of them guys, they looked at me and they wanted to call me Goldilocks. Well, I didn't like that Goldilocks stuff. <laughs> so <clears throat> I had to show them, you know, I wasn't no Goldilocks. So the next day we're running dogs. A bear comes across there flat out and I shoot him in the neck and kill him. And then we get to a tree and the bear's wounded. And I go on there, my hands and knees videotaping. And then we're at another tree and the guides are saying, you're too close. I'm fine. I'm fine. You're too close. So I seen the guides back up. I should have backed up when the guys backed up. We were in a foot of water. When they shot the bear, he jumped out the tree. And he landed about 10 feet from me. <laughs> he would have squashed me. I said, man, you didn't. We told you it was too close. I thought you meant it was too dangerous. You could come down a tree and eat me. You didn't tell me you going to do a swan dive. <laughs> now, Two days, an old man comes to me. He says, son, we ain't going to call you Goldilocks no more. We're going to call you Billy Ray Cyrus. I said, well, I didn't. <laughs> 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 Was Billy Ray better than Goldilocks? For me, it was. We had a TV show at the same time, and I was video, like a video. And we got to the river, and me and the guys got our clothes off and, you know, swam across the river. And the TV guy said, what are we going to do? I said, I'm going to go over there and kill the bear. Film it. And they stood on the banks, and we, we brought the bear back with a big old rope, swinging them across and stuff, so. Uh, I think if I'd have stayed about two weeks with them, they'd like call me G.I. Joe or something. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. So what, what was you for filming for Fur and Fangs or what was you filming for? Oh, yeah, I was filming for Fur and Fangs, huh? but they were doing a TV show for the Pursuit Channel. Oh, you was there, so you was kind of doing both. Yeah, yeah. I got you. That's pretty cool. So how close was you to this bear when the dogs was fighting this bear and you said you was down there on your hands and knees? Well, I was, uh, I was on video where he's coming at me, and I'm coming at him, and then the dogs got in between. And at the end, we watched it, and they was called me a, cambrat, uh, a combat cameraman. But the, <laughs> I wasn't scared of bears. I didn't know what they could do until the next day. And they bayed up, and he started slapping hogs and biting pelvis and ribs. And I said, holy, well, you know. <laughs> I said, Lord, then I was I'm thinking you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, them sun guns is big, but I didn't know. That's pretty neat. So, the fur and fangs videos, you run them for a while. Uh, you got how many About episodes was that? I got 27 episodes, and I did that outdoor channel TV stuff too. I think 26 of them, and all that TV stuff. Don't believe nothing you see on there. Everything is a B-roll. I'm just telling y'all now. You done done it. When he tells you what you fixing to do, done done it. And how you watch on the duck show to see if they had a bad show, it's called mirroring. They make the next duck go from the right. They take it and flip it. You can't tell. But if you'll start looking for their wedding ring, all of a sudden their wedding ring's on their right hand, you'll know it wasn't a good show and they had to mirror their <laughs> They only killed a couple ducks. Make yeah, it. they mirror them. You can't tell except for the wedding ring. Yeah, huh, I've never thought about not that. Ex it's not exactly what some of them hosts ask a lot of questions because they don't know as much as they think. And I did some of them, some famous shows, first waterfowl shows. So they were big game hunters. They didn't realize 
you know, what it took with the camera to get the kill shot, a cameraman and another cameraman in the back. And he kind of had to educate them a little bit. Yes, sir. Huh. Is Are you busy right now? I'm not doing nothing. Well, I, I it's like the volume keeps coming in and keeps going out. I didn't know if you was. Well, let me, let me get someplace else here. All right. How are we now? Well, that, that sounds good right there. That's a lot better. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so what got you into the Fern Fangs videos? You just decided one day well, you want to start videoing I was, them? I was about tired of the waterfowl stuff. That's the real deal. Uh, being a waterfowl guide is being a glorified bellhop. But what it did was it let me audition rich folks when I asked them, they got some rabbits or squirrels on their land. Yeah, but I don't even hunt. Bam. And the waterfowl was so I could hunt all year long. And um, I didn't do any of it for the money. I did it for the free shells, free scopes, gun sponsorships, free decoys, free hunting clothes. That's it. You know, I wanted to hunt the best places in the nation. So for a so poor boy, I did pretty good. So you started the waterfowl guiding to find hunting spots for your I, other. I did it so I could hunt all year. Because, see, you only guided in the morning most of the time. And then you could hunt in the evening, and you could hunt all year. And You know, one year I shot 41 cases of so three and a half shells <laughs> at geese. 41 cases. Wow. You know, I had a sponsorship from Fioshi one time in the state and Kent, all kinds of. I really couldn't afford them. Well, I, I'm just curious, like, how did you get in the garden? Like, you just... Well, you know, they had a hunting club. Some guys had a hunting club, and they said they would uh, waive their membership, which was a couple grand. And, you know, you're talking way back in, excuse me, the 80s. That's a lot of uh, money back then. And they said, you'll get tips. You know, we'll feed you and buy your shells. And I did that, and then another outfitter come to me said, I'll pay you. You know, by the morning, 150 in the morning and 75 in the evening. And I'll feed you and all that. <clears throat> Let me tell you something about the feeding stuff. What do you think they want to feed you? Ducks and geese, because everybody comes on their last <laughs> day. They don't want to wait for them to get clean. I started growing pin feathers behind my ears. That's why I don't eat ducks and geese no more. <laughs> uh. I had a, a, a big lease from, like, the catfish place, okay? And we had like 80 ponds. Well, the guy would let us catch fish and cook them. So here I'd get a new guy, and he'd say, man, he said, we can we can catch all the fish we want. We can cook them. Great. The other guys just look at me and roll their eyes. Because <laughs> let me tell you something, that only worked about two weeks, and he was done with that. Oh, we yeah. had to eat catfish about four times a week, but I had I'd bring girlfriends up let them fish their pond, the pond. Well, they'd have little bikinis and stuff. The guy come to me and said, Randy, I think you've cost me like $64,000 in two years. I said, why? He said, that's how many fish your girlfriend's caught. I said, man, I'm sure sorry. He said, no, it's worth every penny of it. I got binoculars in there. <laughs> oh, worth every penny. <laughs> worth every penny. That's funny. Man, that's funny. So, so you started off guiding by... But I ran eating the rabbit hunts also. Do you do you eat the rabbits that you kill now? Well, I'm gonna tell you something. I got something called tularemia. You know what that is? I don't. Okay, it's rabbit fever. You've heard of that before? 
you know. One in five people die from it. Well, y'all should all hear about it. And you should wear gloves when you clean a rabbit because the dogs will catch one and he's got rabbit fever. If you cut yourself and his blood gets in yours, you'll about die. Really? That noise turned black. I almost died, man. One out of five people die. 300 people a year get it in the United States. When I went to the doctor, you've been a doctor 40 years. I said, I got two Lorenia rabbit fever. He said, I've never even heard a case, much less had somebody come in and diagnose yourself. But I lived with his nurse, and, you know, we got the, they didn't have Google back then. We got the book out and looked at all the symptoms. Bright lights make you sick at your stomach. Uh, all your lip noise would be black, round and black. It's, it's, they had it back in the day, but apparently you don't hear about it much so, anymore. So did you get, get it taken care of, or is it something you always yeah, live with? But, but it's no. It's, I did, but I'm telling you, I lost about 30 pounds. And it, it's like having the flu for three weeks. Then I went to the doctor, and my white count was unbelievable. So do you eat yeah. Do you eat uh, rabbit I now? Do, I do, but, it's, you know, it's hard to get them old gals to clean them and cook them. <laughs> <laughs> I told you about a woman and a rabbit dog. Come steal her if you can't afford to buy her. I'm telling you. <laughs> so, so them women ain't made like they used to be. No, but I tell you, here's my short list. I ask them, can they cook hot water cornbread? And if they say no, I have a friend, Ronnie Lyles, Miss Kathy Lyles. She'll teach them to cook hot water cornbread. It's a 60-mile one-way trip. And about the third one I brought up her, she said, Randy, I really like her. I said, Miss Kathy, do not get attached to my girlfriends because you know I don't. <laughs> but that's been a while back. I ain't got but one gal around. I heard that. She won't cook or clean rabbits either, so she, I guess she's on parole. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. she comes along. You, ta- you taking applications in? <laughs> well, no. <nah, I> <laughs> so when you get my age, that's not the priority it used to be. <laughs> I, I, I don't see hips and lips coming. I see grandkids in drama. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny. It's funny. So so you got into waterfowl hunting. That way you could, you're guiding so that you could pretty much hunt all year long. Right, right. And then I always had beagles and squirrel dogs. And uh, I had 17 beagles. I had some field trial dogs that had seconds and, you know, a bunch of points and all that. And uh, I got my first patch. And he was six months old, and he was 20 yards ahead of everything I had. And my other buddy said, you're going to have to get rid of him because he was ahead of theirs too. I said, nope, I'm going to get rid of all them. You're going to get rid of all your dog. Yep. Mm-hmm. Two years later, I had a full pack of patch hounds. And they're the oldest beagle breed in the United States since 1896. Willet Randall was the first Hall of Fame beagle breeder in the country. And you got to realize those first trials were six and eight hour trials. Yeah. I'll get you some of that. That's how you... That's how you test them. You break them to make them. So where, where was these this line of dogs established at? Uh, the Anirondack Mountains of New York. He was a overseer for a mines uh, country, company. And he's like way up in the woods with no neighbors. And he lived there for like 40-some years by himself. And he would dump them out. And then he'd come back in the evening and put a star by their name if they were still running. And I don't know what happened to the ones with not enough stars. He didn't sell them. <laughs> so, so he don't. You don't know what happened to him, but he quit feeding them. 
Well, yeah, yeah. So he didn't put them up for sale like you folks on the internet, like the rest of them do out there. <laughs> I'm gonna give you some advice. When you go to a man's house to buy a dog, if you can't leave with the one that ain't for sale, you probably should just buy your puppy and train him. Because <laughs> there's a reason it's going, huh? It's, it's the one that ain't for sale. That's the one you want. Okay. So, so what year did you start running these patch hounds? in the 80s so i think it's 43 years now so we didn't have internet back then how, how did you no, come we didn't up have with, internet. how'd you come up with these dogs from new york uh, i knew i wanted them and i i ran swamp rabbits down here and i wanted something to to drive a rabbit you gotta realize a swamp rabbit makes a mile or two circle he never goes in the hole he runs like a deer yeah now swamp rabbit will run like that for two or three circles if you can put the pressure on it if you can't put the pressure on him, he gonna start pulling the water tricks and stuff. So, so, I guess how did you how did you hear about these dogs being from if they're oh, in New I had, York? I had I had full uh, uh, rabbit hunter and all them magazines were out. Oh, so you come up with them so, out of the magazines? Yeah, so I just talked to a bunch of people and I had some friends that had them blue caps. And that's one of the foundation stock, you know, um, patch hound foundation bloods that he outcrossed to and they're gone now <clears throat> patch hounds are a cult they're not like another beagle breed i don't cross breed and if i'm i don't sell puppies i very rarely and i got a waiting list of a hundred and something and i don't breed but like once a year but i ask you if you're going to cross breed them to what you got in your pen you're not going to get my puppies um they it, it's been like that for the machines built we're just maintenance men but the problem is the internet social media puppy millers it's 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 terrible it's very sad the way they if you're not going to keep a puppy out of a litter or your friends aren't demanding you breed to keep a puppy and try it you probably yeah. don't need to breed and there ain't nobody got eight bitches out there that need to be bred every year if you think you do you're not holding your standards very high. I get it. If you won't hunt your own stuff, ain't no sense in hunting. That's what I. That's what I believe anyway. And you know, you feed them, you do what you want with them. They're your dogs, but but you know, that's just a lot of people don't give them a chance. There's a lot of men that are hound men, but they're not puppy trainers because they've got too much. They've got what's that? A travel ball, and they've got the white first scope and they've got the turkey hunting and they've got all this they have to do they barely have enough time to hunt much less train puppies so you have to put the puppies in the right place that's the that's the key and not just a starting pin a starting pin is nothing but a a jump start it's like getting getting your car jump started and too many people get them and don't put them on wild rabbits you're going to wear out a pair of carhartt boots I mean, lacrosse boots to make a, a puppy into a quality rabbit dog. Is there a certain process you have that you go about maybe even picking a puppy? I pick off color. Okay. So that's you, what you're I a do. The prettiest, whitest one, white is right. White so is that's right. What I, yeah, that's what I pick off of. And, you know, then I, I, I put the work in and they don't all make i sell grown dogs good dogs sometimes that are that are not culls i breed better than what i'm what i own if you're breeding better than the male or the female not both just one of them then you're accomplishing your goal 
So, and I've got some of the oldest patch breeds in the country because I went to all the old men. Some of them old men don't even like each other because they're jealous of each other. <laughs> but they know, well, I'm just being yeah. honest. Yeah, I get and, it. And I get it. And I tested all their stock and they know I don't puppy mill and I don't do all that. I just hunt them. So, so they're mostly like a white with a red patches. Yeah, they're white. They're white and lemon, most of them. Okay. But, you know, I've got some that are one that's tricolor. Uh, there are certain lines. Some of them are red and white. Now, are those anywhere close to being? I want to say, I had a guy that I hunted with around here. He's in the competition side of it, but he started breeding hairhound in the his that way. Well, they're uh, they are hairhound. That's what they are. Okay. Well, he's putting you know, some of that in his competition dogs to make speed. Yeah, he's probably got some Branco and, and like that. Um, hairhound. I like, I, I start mine on young cottontails in the water because everything that's dry has a plow to adhere. The only water, the reason it's there with cover and briars because they couldn't run a tractor up. So I run cottontails the first four, five, six months. It depends on when they're born up until, you know, December, Christmas. That's when we're kind of open a little bit. So, so you say you're running cottontails in the water, like yeah. Where are you coming up with these? You, you just got a place that you know there's a bunch of cottontails. You actually there's trapping nothing them but and... cotton. There's nothing but cottontails, and the only reason there's cover is because it's full of water. They can't plow it, so it's kind of a, you know, the cottontails usually swim and all that. Not really, but you know they don't have much choice when the briars got four or five inches of water under. Yeah, so so you take them to a place that's predominantly cottontails, and you turn. Them that's loose. all there is there. Period. <laughs> and, and then I train swampers later on. Then I dump it. If, if a patch, you have to teach a patch hound to have gears. He has to slow down and run and get in them briars. And then let me tell you something: when you put him on a swamp rabbit, he will stall the swamp rabbit. Huh. I mean, you know, it's just it's in them. But Be- first, because they're I not doing them. all the the juking and jiving and turning they normally run straight <laughs> and they, they run with the nose up and they run off wind because that's the kind of dog they are if you went back to the real breeds <clears throat> nowadays they they bred them down a lot a lot of them breed them down you know so, so would you say yours is mostly a winding dog or, or more of a head down dog or in between mine ain't mine ain't head they'll do whatever but they ain't they they hard track but they overrun some, but they don't do it vocally. You understand? Yeah, they quit barking. They shut they their overrun. mouth. Yes, and it is so hard to put a set, a pack of eights and nines, and nine and a halfs together, than it is to put a pack of five and sixes. And when people tell me down here, oh, I had a two-hour race on a cottontail the other day. You might have. I can't do that. In two hours, they're going to hold him or catch him, or you know. I mean, I don't have that kind of, kind of race on a on a cottontail. Yeah. But and you have to you have to look long and hard for an anchor dog and stay pure patch. And that's what I've had to do. I've got them from all over the country. What do you Some call an anchor best, dog? One in the back that keeps the track. One that'll stay off point of loss, like an anchor. They hold the pack in place. The rest of them. I got some that play lead guitar. They get all out in left field. <laughs> then you know, <laughs> he wants to be lead. He's shredding. I mean, he's just shredding. Then I got some that's that's your, you know, that's your stability. 
but it takes but they got to learn to die gracefully when that that lead guitar dog gets out there and gets a track and runs off 100 yards she's got to leave her track and go to him instead of trying to work her track all the way to him or she'll that's what's worked for me anyway it's, it seems pretty hard to get a pack that complements itself with lead dogs and middle dogs and anchors and you know how you do that you, you pick one strain one strain of beagle that has about the same nose and about the same speed that way they're not strung out through the woods and then you look in that line of dogs and you find brancos is all around the world now and you can get everything from a small spo to a large pack dog you can find that and still stay in that strain and it doesn't you don't have to do that to run a rabbit it's just i'm trying to help preserve a breed a strain yeah. of beagle that's kind of like what the kimmer guys else. are doing with the kimmer curse yeah robertson's a real nice guy uh, a lot of them kimmers uh, a lot of them kimmers are on my videos sure are yeah uh while we're talking about them kimmers well let's let's finish talking about these rabbit dogs so you said that you right. uh you used to comp do the little field trials and you kind of got away from that because you like to hunt them meat dogs right right i placed with the with the big dogs back in the day though so and i'm i took a uh, i took a young one to the state about nine months old a patch and come back with tents my girl got second in the state a couple of years ago one of them with one of my dogs and she handled him so it's it's it just depends on the judges and the clubs look here i was a master hound for louisiana and i was a judge i've seen so much crooked stuff over a piece of brass and a crystal i've yeah. seen a bunch of crooked stuff i can't imagine you throwing a dollar bill down there Hey guys, if you're in the market for a new pair of boots, head on over to coonhuntersupply.com. Check out the Razor Chaps. Razor has teamed up with Yoder Nylon to make some of the best chaps on the market. If you want durability with the chrome to go with it, look no further. Whether you need boots and chaps, pouches, or just apparel, Razor is your one-stop shop for it all. Head on over to coonhuntersupply.com or give them a call at 574-328-328. 0856. Thanks. So, so, is that the reason you think that you got away from the competition? Or the yeah. Field trials, huh? Yeah. And you know, when, when you're like that and head of the hunt, only five people are happy with you. You got 60 dogs, <laughs> the only winner. the five that win. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, and nobody says I got beat by a better dog, which, you know, sometimes on the squirrel dog stuff, you got out handled. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But rabbit dogs are different. You kind of dump your dog, shut your mouth. It's a whole different ball game. Yeah, you're not out there. Uh, right. Yeah. Treat my dog or you're treating somebody else's dog because yours will be there when it gets there. Yeah. Or the walking people away from their dog. and That's and right. That's that. a, yeah, it's, it's like I said, I've seen a bunch of integrity swapped over a piece of brass and some press board. <laughs> well, in, in the... And the squirrel dogs, there's a lot more than brass and press board nowadays. They're getting in some of these money. Yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, I had one Mississippi State one time, and uh, this old guy wanted to buy my dog. It was five thousand dollars, and that was a lot of money back then. Oh yeah. And uh, no, sir, he's not for sale. Can I go with you this evening? Yes, sir, you can go with me. He goes with me. He goes, uh, 
I got he and I, I went to a tree catching. Daddy loves his baby. Yes, he does. I bit down. He come to me. I snapped him because he didn't want to be snapped. Yeah. He wanted to dance around the tree, you know? Yeah. He goes, he goes, do you got to catch him like that all the time? I said, well, it helps. He said, price just went down on that dog. <laughs> <laughs> he was getting on no big old Alabama Putwood holler guy. <laughs> he wasn't getting on his knees. Daddy loves his little baby. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> he wasn't playing that. That's funny. So, so you don't do many of the trials like anymore. Now, you, your kennel name is Woods Raper, correct? That's correct, Woods Raper. I, I'm assuming that. that you think that is? I'm assuming that's because they they find everyone out there, and it's. I seen the woods with a little net. Yes, sir. <laughs> I don't shoot them. I, I really don't even shoot them rabbits much. You see, I shoot them one handed on video if they come by me just right. Other than that, I like to see everybody else kill them. And there's places I go, like we went to Mississippi. I think we killed 86 in a day up there. You know, first time we went, I think we killed 48. They oh, yeah, going to kill all the rabbits. The next year, we went and killed 49. The next year, we killed 68. The next year, we killed 86. It's a one-day hunt. It's not pretty. You know, ain't no pretty dog work, but they got a bunch of rabbits. Yeah. And apparently, we didn't hurt them none. Well, is there a certain type of terrain or uh, weather conditions or anything like that that's ideal? For... My dogs excel in swamp rabbits and water. And, you know, I've had a bunch of friends come down from other states that run cottontails. And, and you know, my dogs will come out there and they'll look and they'll see that island, that thickest island over there, and they swim 200 yards to it. Their dogs are not going to do that at first. They might go to mine once I get it hot, but they're not going to stay usually. And that's what I tell them, you know, don't be too harsh on them because it's pedigree, but then it's environment. You know, yeah, you're running two dogs it. and yeah, you're running on cottontails in some reclaimed mine stuff up in the mountains. You're not in the swamp and the rosos. You see what I'm saying? So, yeah, I get it. Are y'all lion breeding these dogs or? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, that seems to be common oldest, practice nowadays. Well, the old my patch hounds has always been like that. He didn't want to see, but 28 dogs and in 120 pedigree, you know, Will yeah. Randall when he bred them. But to do that, you got to call. And that's something that's not popular in hell. Probably ain't legal nowadays. So I'm just saying, yeah. you know, yeah, you have to call or give them away as pets. We'll put it that way, whatever. They're not getting fed at your house anymore. No. And, and nobody, or bread. Nobody or bread. my pack but me. Yeah. My friends, oh, my granddaughter wanted this one, and my wife won't let me get rid of that one. Your wife ever run them? No. Well, then <laughs> how does she know which rabbit dog's the best? But, you know, yeah, I, get I can't. I brought the oldest breeder of patch hounds out of retirement. He's 91 now. It's Jimmy Lee Taylor. He bred the old JLT dogs. And I called him up one day, and uh, <clears throat> I said, man, how old are you? And he told me he was like 86. I said, when you pass on, your dog's going to pass on. No, so-and-so's got my kennel. I said, no, sir, he got rid of all those. He went to 17, 18-inch dogs. So he had two old ones left. And I said, I'll buy the whole litter if you breed them, like $2,700, whatever. And he bred them, and I placed them before I even got back to Louisiana. Well, wow. And I kept picking the litter, you know. And now he's got like five or six breedings, and his dogs will live on. And he's just happy as a sissy with a uh, – 
or tree growing in the backyard. So <laughs> I, had to, I had to think about how I was going to face that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. usually say that. It means he's pretty happy. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. That's funny. I don't reckon I've ever heard that one. But. Hang out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've heard quite a few. I've heard quite a few. Uh, that's funny. So, uh, all right. So, you you mainly hunt rabbit dogs at this moment. Do you have any squirrel dogs anymore? No, because we ain't got no woods in Louisiana. It's over. We got pines. We ain't got no SMZs. They won't be fifteen feet wide now. They really? cut everything. It's just it's just not like it was, and and. and Rabbit, we got plenty of thickets and stuff, but still, that don't, you know, every place don't hold rabbits. Yo. It's all about that rabbit hat. It's a foot to the ground. It don't matter if it takes you a pair of mule overalls to get in there, what's two and three foot high. That does not matter. It's what, if he can't hide and you can see his eye, that's not good rabbit hat. He's got to be able to hide and you not be able to see his eye. Yeah. Like, uh, so sage, tall sage grass. Well, it's got to be some thick stuff. Yeah. We just don't have it no more. Uh, it's not very popular. Huh. What about, uh, uh, before we get too far off, what about snakes? You, I, I've heard. That... I have had 26 beagles bit in one spot in like three years. Well, but I've had 45 counting king dogs, but I've never lost one. And I give them ground alum. You get it in the bacon section at Walmart. And it's green persimmons. And have you ever been in a green persimmon? Oh, yeah. You You'll see? poke your lips up. Well, that's his trials that poison now. I give them liquid Benadryl, and I keep some antibiotics in the uh, – I, I got my antibiotics. For, I do a vet hunt every year, and I get them – I got them pretty free. I'm not going to call the veterinarian's name. But yeah. They were trying to get a swamp rabbit out of a tree. He wasn't happy about it, and he was squealing a little bit, and they got him out with the little limb, you know? And about the time they got him out, I said, boy, them cat ladies, bring y'all them cats are going to love this video. They said, Randy, please don't. <laughs> please don't. I said, I ain't paying for it. I'm getting my antibiotic cold. Say, yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I want to know this snake treatment now. So so it's myelum, ground myelum. Now, alum. 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 Ground alum, liquid Benadryl. They say, my buddies swear by the two raw eggs and the uh, the uh, sardines, something about the oil of the sardines. But now, then, and then I shot a Dax. Now, are you giving the, uh, what are you doing? Where? How are you administering the alum? I'm just giving it down the throat. Down the throat. Like uh, how much How down. much of that are you just giving them? I tell you, uh, uh, it depends on where they're bit at and how far back they're bit. I give a little small teaspoon, just shake it up in the thing, and they ain't happy about it. I can tell you that. You give it last. You understand? Yes, you sir. You give everything else first, and you spring that on them last. You spring them on them first, you're going to have to fight it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want a six-pack of that, I can tell you right now. <laughs> and I've never lost one. I've had some bit terribly. I'm talking about it. would get big as a I, I, we were in a hunt in Calcasieu River in Louisiana one time, a squirrel dog hunt. And I had never seen that many cotton mouse in my life. And I'm from Louisiana and I'm scared of a snake if I can't see him. Let me tell you something. One gets bit, dog comes in bit. 
the second dog comes in bit. We had seen seven more. We're in palmettos where you can't see the ground. Ooh. Cotton mouth, and I, I had one of these easy clip leash, a big old thing, so you could clip your dog and watch the at the same time in a competition. Yeah. And when I hit the snake, it, it got hooked in the leash. And they're going, look, he's going to bite you. He's going to bite you. I'm looking for the snake, and he's trying to bite me in the side. And they took a picture of it and put it in full cross. I'm like, I was a snake hammer. <laughs> so we walked out and we counted the snakes. There were seven more we could see sliver. A uh, big squirrel hunter was in it. Mark Morrison. He's yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, he was there. And his dog was the last dog that wasn't bit. And he scratched his dog. Well, Apache, said, was it Apache? Uh, I believe it was Apache. Yeah, Mark's been on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Really? Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Mark Mark talked on here for three and a half hours. Let me tell you something. We ain't going to be here that long, buddy. <laughs> I know. I know. on Morrison, though. Hey, Mark Morrison, hope you're listening. That's what they get for putting that. <laughs> I dog treated a thick spot one time, and when they um, dislodged it, it was a baby Easter rabbit. Uh, coon had carried up in there a plastic one so they that's what they want to put on you know my dog trees plastic easter bunnies and so let me tell you about <laughs> like he ain't had him a week it was me and him and big d a guy that used to own four horses yeah <laughs> the dog had never heard a coon squawk <laughs> he's treating and everything and I told Big D, shake that vine and blow that coon squaller. <laughs> when he, he shook that vine, and when he blew that coon squaller, that dog didn't know what it was, and he turned around and bit him in the in the he bit him in the nuts. <laughs> the dog bit Mark Morrison. Oh, no, he bit Big D in the nuts. Oh Morrison's dog, yeah. And uh, <laughs> Taurus Richard. <laughs> so... In the dog defense, he wasn't ill. He just never heard a coon squawler. <laughs> he got up on the Look, I didn't put it on the video, but if Mark Morris listened to that, Mark, I still got that video, so don't deny what I just said. Hey, Mark listens to all of them now. We do. Avid uh -oh. listener. Avid listener. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. oh, it's going to be funny. Oh. oh yeah, he's a good old boy. I like I like Mark. Oh Mark, he's a good guy. Oh, he's a good talker, which that's what he does for a living. Yeah, I don't hold it against him. He's a democratic lawyer. That's not his <laughs> uh, so girl twirl. Even uh, that's funny. Yep, him and Garner, they hunted a lot together. Oh Garner. Oh, um. <laughs> What's his first name? Jeremy. I remember when he first got his start. Sure do. Yep. Oh, Jeremy. From old Terry Snyder. Yep. 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 Got Chrome. I remember all that. He's on my videos. Yep. Good old guy. <clears throat> now you had dogs. Uh, let's let's talk about your squirrel dogs. So when I, did you get into squirrel dogs? I had them when I was young, but we didn't know what they was and everything. You know. Conan was off of Conan Woodraper. He was off of a, <clears throat> a dog called Sawyer's Rex. He was the first dog to, you know, in the PKC. You know that Sawyer Squealer, first dog to win the PKC? Uh-huh. Coon and everything? Well, it was off of that. Then uh, 
Tennessee Tide was the other grandfather. Yep, yep. So it was Tennessee Tide on one side and the Sawyer's Rex uh, on the other side. And um, he would, uh, he was smart. Conan was smart. He'd get in the water with a tube and he'd swim around and around until he could reach over and sink his canines in the coon's ear sockets. And then he'd bring them to the bank and kill them. Wow. Oh, he was, he was. So, so you was coon hunting yourself. these curves too? <clears throat> oh, yeah, man. He was a night champion. He was a uh, grand tree champion, grand night champion, grand squirrel champion. But I got to kill about 1,500 squirrels with him. I got to go to amazing places, you know, Davis Island, good fancy clubs all in the Delta and stuff. So you'd be surprised with a camera and uh, a good good dogs and a camera and duck and goose calling ability and knowledge to put out decoys and being a glorified bellhop will do for you. Yeah, yeah, I've noticed that uh, you know a lot of influential people in the hunting industry. Well, I, you know, I'm so old. Back when Zinks and Zink and them and Grounds and all them got their start. I'll be drawn as one of the 50 team captains to compete in Snow Goose Shootout. So back before there was the internet, there was only a few of us. There was everything else was flyover states. Ducks and geese don't eat cotton. In all Oklahoma and Missouri, and you know, that wasn't a waterfowl mecca back then. They had to come all the way down here to get something to eat. Yeah. And that's what they did, but they no longer do that. That's changed. I still hunt. I hunt South Louisiana a little bit teal and ducks down there and i hunt uh north dakota for like 29 years i go up there for two weeks and that's because they're my buddies not because i really enjoy duck hunting anymore yeah you, you done it so much it ain't that fun anymore you know when i was a guide everything was great and then i became an outfitter when you're a guide i get four guys every two days making my best friends no problems kill duck then you're an outfitter and you have seven guides work for you that's stress. Then you're a businessman, and I ain't no businessman. And if they didn't, you know, kill half a lemon, I gave half their money back on a free hunt, return hunt that year. And that's why I can go to Walmart. It's not owe nobody no money. Now, do you ever go to any of these outfitter, uh, like trade shows and stuff? I, d I don't anymore. I used to have booths at all of them, but I don't anymore. I just now hunt with, you know. The ones I like and have auditioned and good old boys. And I'm really kind of funny about who I hug with. And I like to see kids, you know. We, we you know, put them hunts on for them young ones. Yeah. I like huh. to see people kill rabbits. I don't care about killing them. I like to see other people do Well, it. I'm kind of like that squirrel hunting. I just assume if somebody else goes, I, I just assume somebody else shoot it unless it's going to get away. And then I'll try to shoot That's it. correct. If we don't look. If we don't get these young ones involved, and see, it, it, Louisiana ain't like your state. Well, it's slimy over here. They don't even give you no hunting. Uh, uh, you know, there's very, very few hunting safety courses. Really? Yeah, there. Are, I bet you there ain't two hundred kids in two years been to it, and there's four hundred thousand people up here in this little section. Well, that's because they oh. they can all take it on the internet, and their parents takes it for them. Well, they still got to go shoot them, shoot well, the gun. Yeah, I guess you got to shoot twenty-two. Yeah, and see, when y'all were one day, yeah. ours was two evenings and a Saturday. Well, that's a whole lot of difference. A parent will sacrifice a Saturday, but he won't sacrifice a Thursday or Friday evening classes for three hours each, and then take them to shoot. 
Yeah, I get it. We took a ours was I think I did mine when I was like ten or <clears throat> ten or eleven, which I had already killed deer by then. But my dad thought it was a good thing for me and my little brother to go and you'd sit in class and answer all the questions, and then they would take you out there and let you shoot to twenty two. But I mean, which I already had a lifetime hunting license by then. But to be legal when you turn sixteen, you still got to have the hunter safety course. I had jury duty two days ago, and out of the 50 people i bet you five of them didn't own a firearm because that's what the case was about they wanted to know who owned guns you know and i was going that's 50 people when they five on firearms it's kind of shocking you know <laughs> where we've gotten to i think my grandpa would slap all of us <laughs> he knew where we were nowadays i get it i get it i, I want to talk i want to keep talking about these squirrel dogs so Right. You competition hunted some squirrel dogs, apparently. Of course. Uh, did you enjoy that more than you enjoyed the, just say, the field trial and the beagles? Or about the well, same? Or? you know, it got to the point where I did a lot of the paperwork and put it on. I set up all the guys. i tell you what I did do. <clears throat> we built a big club, NKC, like the biggest in Louisiana. Probably bigger than anything in Mississippi at the time. I know it was. And, you know, we'd have 60 dog turnouts. And that's because I would make, you know, I'm a carpenter, so I'd make these guide trophies, one through 10. And then I would get my buddies to show up with the keys to their deer leases, and they would uh, <clears throat> draw three people. All spots ain't even. All you can do is be the best dog at that spot. Yeah. So that's how the state hunt was run, the morning hunt. And then, since I know a lot of people, the base, five guys will be there one through five, and then we draw a cast out one through five, and you get to the base, and the guy say, I'm number four guy, we're number four cast. And this is places with no gun, you know what I mean, that you can't hunt, yeah. that, you know what I mean, they're full of squirrels. So if you was going to win Louisiana, you better do it with 1,200-plus points. Well. And I've been everywhere. I won number three in the world at OMCBA coon hunting. I wasn't even there the second night. And that's because nobody <laughs> treated a coon the second night they sent me the trophy in the mail. Really? Why did you not I stay was, for the other night? I think, but you know why? Because it was a Sunday night that it was on. Who does uh, that? Yeah. I don't you make see what I'm sense. saying? Why yeah. would you do that? You'd have a Saturday night and a Sunday night. And I was riding with somebody else. And, uh, oh, yeah. I was with the Ross. Oh, oh, Tommy, I forget. Big PKC hunters, but he was handling it. And we had already showed a coon. Okay. We were tied. And the other two guys were scratched out. So it was me and him left. And they were on a big old den. I said, hey, house, uh, if you'll call your dog, I'll close it. Well, he might not stay. I said, we're standing right here, and he ain't got to stay about 30 seconds. He said, that's a damn trick. I said, you'll still get circle points, and you'll advance in this cast tomorrow night. Yeah. Why would you do that? Because I got to go. I can't be. I just found out a while ago it was, you know, Sunday night. So, out of all the dogs the next night, nobody treated coons. So, they sent me a third place in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> Louisiana ain't like that. We had fur, just like Mississippi got fur. Yeah. What about, uh, <clears throat> which most people around here that are coon hunting, I would say 99% are hunting walker dogs. But yeah, I guess you use the curves because you could hunt them during the day and night. Curves where you post signs better. 
<laughs> I don't Just know. Ghost. I don't know. I've got, man, these cur dogs nowadays is about like a hound, which I think is for a reason. But Well, they've probably got a little hound yeah. in question their integrity, <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna argue that all i can tell you is what the papers say i understand <laughs> papers are only as honest as the man that filled them out that's, that's what i got to say about that that's true so, so. The, some of the dogs though that you had on these videos and if anybody I has had some famous ones i had dagger and i had uh that burly and i had some you know patchy I had you had a streak on there dogs. didn't you and streak on there sure do like, sure do. Man, that's wild. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, I love Streak. I like the way he was built. I like the way he acted. I like Streak. I just liked everything about him. I'll tell you a story. Uh, me and Matt Sims was up there at Carl Smith's. We're going to put uh, T-Bone and that other on tape, right? Yes, sir. Well, somebody knew we were coming to put them dogs on tape, and we got there the next morning. They had stole them dogs, and they have never found them. Really? We walked out there to the kennels and they're gone. They stole them and they never found the dogs. I tell you what, if it was now day and time, I feel like that would be harder to do because a lot of these dogs are on video. And if you That's correct. So so technology is a good thing. It'd be hard to steal a dog that a well known dog. <clears throat> That's You'd correct. never be able to have it on the internet or in a competition or nothing. Uh, you know, you can't you can't hide a hunting dog if you're going to take him hunting. He got to ride in the box and get out. Oh yeah. And if he's a good one, everybody in the world gonna know you got him. Oh, for sure. You for know sure. what I mean? So, so, uh, that man, I'm hunting a dog that come out of streak of you know down down the line, and I've tried right. to get Carl to come on, and I've told him you know once if he don't put it, whether people like him, love him, hate him, whatever, he's bred some dogs that have pretty much jealousy is a putrid color green yeah it, it, he has molded understand? the the cur dogs into what we got now he did a he did a whole lot to it and if streak ain't been what streak was he wouldn't have been on top of all them bitches well i'm just telling you i agree and so so here's my deal is i told carl i said carl if you don't put it down <laughs> all that them years worth of work are just gonna be Nobody's going to know about him, but he's pretty hard up about not doing it. So, Look, you want him to come on there? I want you him to come him, on here. You tell him you want to talk about mules, show mules. That's oh. what you tell him. He's a, he's a mueler <laughs> now, huh? Oh, yeah. Well, he always was back in the day. He'll come on there if he thinks you're interested in show mules now. <laughs> <laughs> they have a, they have a dead gum mule day or something over here next to me over here in Alabama. <laughs> Right. But, yeah, he's about them mules. He's had some pretty ones too. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I tell you what, did you hear about what happened last year at the OMCBA World? No, sir, I don't really keep up with it a whole lot. They had two dogs uh, shot up there last year. What? Mm, two dogs in the world hunt shot. Mm-hmm. They supposedly was in a in a pasture up there. Two nice dogs was up there in a pasture and two young boys come out there and shot them. It was a big stink. Well, I, that's, you know, I love mine. mine, not as much as you love your children or grandchildren, but I love mine as much as I love somebody's grandchildren and as much as I love mine. And if I come up here and they were shot in the head, it would be a sad day for everybody involved. Well, I don't, I think they <laughs> called the authorities and done all the nine, the, all the, you know, stuff they were supposed to do, but I don't think really there was nothing done about it. And it was a big 
a big stink. So uh, you know, I, I was at the World Hunt one time, and we drew out at a park, and it was me and one guy, and we had a non-hunting judge, and the guy was I was with, he wasn't very friendly from the start, and my dog treated a squirrel, the squirrel bailed out the tree, dog followed it on the ground, retrieved the squirrel, there's squirrel. The guy, the guy's dog had come in second on a tree, never left that tree, so you got minus that dog. The judge said, why? He left the tree. He left the tree with a squirrel. He retrieved squirrel. It's on the outside tree right there. So they had a, I don't agree with it. He said, I'm a non-hunting judge. You know what I mean? Yeah. We'll put a question mark there if you want to. And then all of a sudden, the guy's dog chased the deer and went off. And, you know, I told him he could just go on and we'd put mine up and look for his dog. Oh, you can't do that to yourself. That's what the judge said. But anyway, the offer was, you know, genuine. <clears throat> and I drew out with John Mears that evening at the same spot. I mean, it was like 50 miles away. So that guy come up there, and he's looking, what are y'all doing back here? And I said, we're, you know, I drew out on this cast with another judge. And he was looking for his dog. He never found his dog. And he pulled the question mark, too. Dang. The guy lost his dog offer. up there? Yeah, he run a deer and never saw him again. <laughs> and he, what's odds of us coming getting drawn coming back to the same place he heard dogs barking he didn't he didn't got him a pistol by then coming down there gonna take his dog back <laughs> you got a brittle dog these are all yellow oh wow that's pretty wild so so did you ever get into running the deer dogs or was that not a thing that you was doing oh yeah i did that back in the day but that's, that's about a thing of the past there yeah we, we yeah, still do it up here some of my friends do it, but it's not very. Uh, look, it's it's that's some bad stuff. I had a bunch of friends whooped on both sides of it last year. Really? Oh man! What getting trespass or getting on other people's property or what? Yeah, it really wasn't that. It was one guy in a lease. Oh, you look! These North Louisiana boys gonna hear it in this podcast. I ain't really gonna say a whole lot. Okay. Uh, well, one guy was on a lease, and they got in a you know pretty bad stomp him in a mud hole fist fight right there so that's bad stuff <laughs> yeah but we don't have the land we used to you gotta understand we had uh six clubs thousand acres all lumber company land and you could run deer dogs on it so we all knew the clubs we had pins at each club that you could just go put the dog you know from the guy's yep. uh, collar you go put it in that pin mm -hmm. if you found it he had to be there but that's uh that's a thing in the past yeah we we still run them we got a big lease or a big hunt club and i think we got i don't know 70 something dog collars we got more dogs than we got collars but but if you let them take deer dogs raccoon dogs squirrel dogs and rabbit dogs will follow oh yeah and that's they're tr so they're trying to pin the steel hunters against the dog the deer dog guys and, and the if they can ever get the them easiest to turn well the bow hunters are the easiest guys to turn and you know that's pretty much you know down here they kind of they kind of try to shame you for shooting one with a gun it's nowadays it's kind of got that bow hunting stuff's got real big <laughs> <laughs> yeah i got you what about uh i'm, I'm trying to wind her down but man right. I, I will say this you have one of the wildest looking hunting rooms i've ever seen in my life you like that you know why because when I guided, I guided taxidermist. So watch this. <clears throat> that taxidermist comes up free. 
He brings three guys with him. They hunt two days, okay? So not only does he have to mount me a duck for each one of those, you know, that come up, that's eight ducks or four geese. He gets people at the hunting club, he gets to mount all the guys that come with him's birds because he wants an eagle head blue, he wants a pintail, he wants a widgeon. But they get, they, you know, I have full parties at a time. So there's 25. He's leaving with, you know, 25 birds on a weekend to mount that people are paying him to mount. All he's got to do is just mount me a few. And of course, you know, when he's getting to bring his customers, he's bringing his best customers up free. Yeah. So it worked out for everybody. That's what the harness system is all about. Man, I, I, he, do you know how many mounts that you have? A couple hundred. Man, I that room about is wild. I know. I just rebuilt that room. When I was, I was going to place a little this and a little that, I had termites. I tore it all out of the place. Just rebuilt the room in four days. Yeah, you can't put the furniture against the wall. I know, right? <laughs> hey, a lot of girls don't like that. <laughs> but look at here. This ain't their house. What I used to do back in the day, I always had one with a real nice house and everything. And I'd, I'd take two garbage bags of dirty clothes over there. And, you know, six months later, when I come home, they were pressed and cleaned. And if she didn't like me no more, I'd come home with pressed and cleaned clothes. <laughs> you had to figure it figured out, didn't you? People don't expect enough out of a woman or a dog. I'm just telling you. My buddies all asked me, they said, Randy, how come every woman you got's got her own place, has her own vehicle, has a job, don't do dope, don't do And see, I, I've been straight 39 years. I don't drink. I don't smoke cigarettes. I don't get skull. I cuss too much, and I don't even chase skirts no more because I got a bad knee. <laughs> so, so, and, and that's because it, it, here's what it costs you: it costs you two margaritas, okay, and it's two for one if you go like between four and five. Yeah. And on Mondays and Tuesdays, it's two for one cheese enchiladas. So if you play <laughs> it right, by the time she eats her cheese enchiladas and drinks her two margaritas, you have auditioned her. I heard that. Yeah. You know, and they need to have two credit cards with nothing on them. Not that I want to ruin their credit. I just want to see they pay their bills in a timely manner. And then that's how they make the short list. <laughs> they they doing, they doing a job applications here. If you're not culling them girls, you're not going to end up with a sweet, nice one. It's got her <laughs> I'm just telling you. I got you. I and got on you. dogs, you can't have great dogs if you have a pen full of good ones. And, you know, I've seen everybody following that dog trap where they have 30, 40, 50, 60 dogs. And I've had some dog legends, and you would know them very well, their names. And I'm not saying who they were. But when they got bad knees and they walk out there and they tell you how every one of 60 dogs hunt. And we're not talking rabbit dogs where you can run 10 at a time. We're talking tree dogs. Yep. Every, every, if you're going to preserve that blood, it takes four or five people. One man can't keep them all. And you can't get no 15, 16-year-old kids nowadays that want to carry on the tradition. I know? know. I've got a couple of young guys. Or there's a couple of boys in our hunting club. They're dads. How old are they? Um, let's see here. One of them's going to be about eight or nine. Yeah, we'll just wait till they discover them evil women. Then oh. life will be over <laughs> yeah. for them. Yeah, well, they wear <laughs> me out about wanting to go squirrel hunting. So I think we're going we're gonna to put them in the squirrel woods this year. If you'll, if you'll introduce them to it now. After their first divorce, they'll have something beside Jack Daniel to fall back on. 
<laughs> Jack Daniels and dogs. Is that what you're saying? Right. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. <clears throat> is there anything that you can hunt with a dog that you have not hunted? Yes, uh, mountain lion. We treat two of them, but we didn't have permits. And my buddy's an elk guide up there in Montana, Wyoming, and he has set me up with a mountain lion hunt. And he called me yesterday, and I, he told me how it's free and it's eighty percent success rate, and I can't do it. I I don't have the knees and the health to well, do it at that. That's about all that I can think of. That guy is a mountain lion. I don't have one mounted either. So, really? So that's probably one of the few animals you don't have mounted, ain't it? Yeah, and I've waited a little too long for that. He does uh he goes seventeen miles back in there. And he was showing me a picture last week, one of the horse strings fell off the mountain. Wow. That needs one thing. That was kinda it right there. <laughs> See, wow. I said, oh no, I'm done. <laughs> There's a guy that I follow that does a lot of shooting matches, long-range shooting matches, and they go up there to BC or whatever it is up there in the mountains, uh, sheep hunting and stuff. And it, it British Columbia. British Columbia. There we go. There we go. Yeah, they go yeah, up there, yeah. British Columbia, and uh, ride horses twenty-five, <laughs> thirty miles up in there and camp out and stuff, and shoot these rock sheep and stuff off these cliffs. And it's it's wild. Okay, here's a deal with the waterfowl guide. The first two volleys, I don't touch my gun. Because okay, I'm going to see what kind of shots I have. If I had to pick my gun up on the third, then I'm right, left, center. And I change it up a little bit to make sure we kill some ducks. <laughs> so everybody <laughs> thinks that they're hitting them. <laughs> <laughs> Ask them the night before, what do you want? Well, I want a pintail with a long screws. I want an eagle head blue. Well, you remember where that guy is? I watch where he raises his gun so he can help him with it a little bit. <laughs> so you, that's pretty clever you was helping them out wasn't you well you know they don't say and they don't ask you how many ducks you shoot at they say how many ducks y'all kill so that's, I want everybody that's funny. and you know my buddy he you talk about a glorified bell hop once the rich guy shoots the elk on the other side of the mountain you got to pack it down cape it out pack it back out and then you got to get some fat 65 year old man because that's the only one can afford about a 15 or twenty five thousand dollar hunt put him on a saddle when he ain't used to riding in a side by side oh i wouldn't have their job oh yeah i've heard i've i've heard of just <laughs> horror stories but like the guys i was talking about are the, the do-it-yourself hunts they have a guy oh, that yeah. gets them in there but you know they kind of right. doing it yourself but yeah i've heard of the show enough guided hunts where the guy sitting there looking at you while you're caping it out and packing it all out. Babysitting rich people is not as glorious as everybody pretends it to be. I promise you that. And I've guided presidential candidates and I've guided CEO of Time Life Warner and vice president of Dow Chemical. And um, some of them were really nice guys and some of them were not that nice. What about hogs? Y'all got a bunch of hogs? Uh, tons of them. Tons of them. A million in Louisiana now. And they're you trying heard. to get some new gummy poison. Yeah, I made them videos back in the day. My young buddies put on skin diver suits under their car hearts, on their mules. Really? And they run through the woods in track shoes across them creeks and all that stuff. And they got the <laughs> they skin do it divers. Right after deer season. Yeah, because that's when they let them on there, you know, February and March. Well, what's them su suits do? To keep you from getting huh? briars in you? What is the uh, the uh, skin diver suit? Yeah. 
keeps you from freezing. It's a skin diver suit. It don't you don't get cold when you go through them creeks. We just oh. don't have creeks. We got oh. swamps. Oh, okay. and it's under your mules. You see what I'm saying? So I see what you're saying. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess I'd. I'm with you now. If I couldn't cross with my hip boots, I guess I'd try to find me a way around. But well, there's no way around. You might have to cross the same creek four or five times. I got. They're hardcore. I don't play with them no more. You, you I'm, do I'm that? Too old you ever done that pig sticking? Well, of course. Yeah, back in the day. Yeah. You know, hog hunting is, you know, they don't like each other either. I put probably 20 different groups on there. Seven or eight of them, they hate each other because, you know, just competitiveness and hogs ain't everywhere and all that kind of stuff. But I got along with all of them, and I didn't have to pay no vet bills. And I don't even have to hobble because I had the camera. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> I stand up there all nice and pretty. And yeah, you didn't have, have to them out and all that. But one time they... They cut this one, this, this hog was being released, and uh, I didn't. I wasn't thinking that the creek was like 10 feet high, and it was gumbo mud. And you got to go down about 100 yards to crawl up on some roots. Yeah. And the hog did not, he got confused about where he wanted to go. So he starts popping his jaws and coming at me, and he's about 280, 290, and he was not <laughs> Oh, yeah, and I'm telling them, turn the bulldog loose. Turn two bulldogs loose. It's on video. And I'm, I'm getting up, and I'm falling and slipping and trying to keep the camera on them. I don't know what that was going to do, the camera. I've had them come out of thickets and hit the camera and stuff. You know, when I was younger, that was fun when I was younger. Yeah. Get a lot less choosy nowadays. <laughs> it ain't as fun. No. You know when you know you're an old man? When you get in the bathtub and your tickles float because they're empty, life's over for you. And that's about where I'm at now. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Hey, uh, hey, but listen here. Mark Morrison still can't tote my sport. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> he still can't tote my Gatorade. Let's just put it like that. Do you that. ever talk to him anymore? I see him on Facebook when he when he jabs at me. That's about it. Yeah, it's funny. I, I knew. Well, let me tell you another story. Here you go, Mark. First time he come up, he had something he called black mouth turf, and he didn't want it fighting coons. Well, Conan went and got a coon in. A, he's four months old. He got a coon trapped in the culvert. Well, Mark didn't like that stuff because he didn't want that black mouth fighting no coon. <laughs> <clears throat> he come up and uh, he come up and duck hunting with me to bring me Conan. That's what he did. He brought me Conan from Missouri because one of his buddies went up there and picked him a puppy up too. And then I brought him back on a, a goose hunt. Now, a duck hunt. Uh, <laughs> so Mark was hunting a black mouth. You said what he called a he black mouth. He called it a black mouth. It looked like. It looked like something come off a sheriff's cropper's porch to me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me find a picture, Morrison, because I will. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, funny. you know the good thing about videos—that's photographic proof. Ain't that the truth, man? Well, that's funny. Uh -huh. well, what about these dogs' name you come up with? Conan and and Thor's hammer Viking and, and Odin and Mjolnir and Stormbreaker yeah yeah my buddy's got them all like Fred and Susie Q and all that stupid <laughs> shit. if you don't hang out with me you gotta have a rough side buddy so you know no that's funny <laughs> one guy told me one time I don't really like that woods raper kennel he said I'm a conservationist 
It's a key buying a hunting license. It's folks like you. That's why we got game. <laughs> they had a bunch of wood drapers. They wanted to be on yeah, that native species list. Yeah, he didn't like Oh, yeah. You know, we, I don't want a whole bunch like me. Yeah, I'm on Social Security. I ain't got to work no more. I work a little bit, but not much. I got plenty of time to play. Well, that's pretty funny. You, uh, I see you taking pictures with everybody that gets pups off of your dogs, man. That's pretty cool. You know, hey, most of them guys, the last one to come down there, they they taking a picture of these two pups, and, and I asked him, I said, what you going to name yours? And his wife looked at him. He said, thanks, Randy. I told her both these were for Latonio. <laughs> yeah. He lied to his wife. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> she didn't know that was his dog. She didn't know that was his. No. Oh, that's yeah, funny. she said it's gonna be a long ride back to Dallas. That's what she told him. Oh man. A long yeah. ride. Hey, you gotta tell him if you if I'm not supposed to say nothing, you gotta tell me that before you pull up. Well yeah. Hey, we're hey look, if we're gonna be stud buddies, I'll lie for you, buddy. I'm down for you, you know. <laughs> You got to tell me what lie to tell. Yeah, yeah. Right <laughs> You're gonna start with the truth unless you know the lie. Right, right. So, but uh, that's what he. That's what he. Man, that's funny. Yeah, I see the names, and I'm like, I didn't know if you was like a into the Viking stuff or the super like the Thor, the Thor, and yeah, I like all that too. I like all that too. That's pretty clever. So. <clears throat> When we're canceling, when we're closing up, I assume the Fur and Fangs videos aren't for sale anymore. No, no, I don't make them no more. No. Well, if I could find somebody that had a copy or a set that they'd be interested in. Get all in the selling. copies. You can get all the copies you want. Anybody can make you a copy. You got my permission. I don't care. Well, I, I wish somebody would make some copies. I'd like to have a set of every one of them because I've seen oh. videos and I've got some buddies that it's hard to see them on you know, off a cell phone or whatever. And, right, right. But, man, they show get me tickled, especially when you get to hooting, hollering, shooting. and I get on them when they don't. When you see John Henry come out and they don't empty their shotguns and I have to shoot him running with a twenty two, I am not pleased, okay? <laughs> Will you kill him again? <laughs> what, about, what about that pistol you was toting? John Henry, because he's all black and he hits so hard. I used to be sparking my Nikon. And then I got sponsored by Leopold because my buddy from Nikon went to Leopold and he was always trying to give me scopes and he gave me all kinds of stuff. I said, no, nah, I'm a Leopold man. Well, I'm a Leopold now. I said, I take three. <laughs> <laughs> you still got, get sponsored by any of them? I got everything I need now. I had a partial off Benelli one time and a partial off Browning. And a, but I, I tell you how, the, the, the Nikon, when I sent the guy, it was Greg Chevalier then. I sent him the PR. He was a PR man. And I sent him pictures of North Dakota about how great I was. But I wanted some Nikon binoculars and I wanted some Nikon. He called me up. He said, Randy, why are you sending me these pictures? I said, well, sports writer said you're the man and that's how I could get sponsored. He said, I only do uh, 2% of them. He said, 98% of their stuff is cameras. He said, and do you know who's in the picture with you? I said, who? He said, Pat Mundy. I said, who's that? He said, he's the advertising firm that has all the Nikon cameras. I said, and that, and that so they didn't even bring me a camera? He just played like, get out the phone. So I got a camera the next year. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Now, how big was these cameras you was toting around? Uh, 
they were bigger back then. And then you know, is it the ones went that went out. on your shoulder, or could you hold it with both hands? No, you could hold them. You could hold them in your hand. You know how I got to where I could shoot squirrels with that twenty-two? I would hold the brick in one hand, and I would jack that ten-inch barrel gun, and I would shoot a stop sign that was in the woods for some reason. I don't know who put the stop sign there, but it was in the woods. And I would shoot that every day, ting, 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 until when I pulled the gun out, the stop sign was in the scope. Yeah. And that's what allowed me to be, that's what allowed me to, you know, be pretty close with them. It's more to it. Hard oh, enough yeah. to do it. It's another thing holding the camera, getting it all in there and then. Oh, I I, I do YouTube videos for uh deer, deer dogs and stuff. Yep. Yeah, well, I had to use freaking head mounts or something else because it's pretty hard to hold a rifle and a camera at the same time. My buddies want to know why I don't use that GoPro, put it on my barrel, my hat. I tell them that takes the skill out of it. That little, you know, brownie <laughs> I got is only two foot barrels. So I hold it in one hand, I hold the phone in the other. And one year I shot at 88 rabbits with it and I killed 85 of them. Wow. So That's a man a pretty shoots, good average. A man that shoots as much shotguns as you do, what's your go to? Brand. My, nothing. What'd you say now? I said a man that uses a shotgun as much as you do. What's your go-to brand? Well, Benelli on waterfowl. You know, I like them little bitty short barrel straight English stocks binding on the other. But Benelli, when that the one that uh, he used to be the gunsmith of Prairie of uh, Max Prairie Wing, the Roberts guy you see on TV all the time. Yeah. He, he did the force and cones and back. Boy, I got a sponsorship from him back before he was famous and stuff. And that's how. I, and I've got some with alligator skin, DU models. I got, you can't wear out a Benelli, but I did break it nine times. They were doing a show down there. They had a booth. And he goes, how you like that Benelli? I said, I broke it nine times this year. The Benelli? I said, yeah, <laughs> sure, the pin off. Why? I said, I shot 41 cases of three and a half in one season. He said, well, you're not supposed to shoot it that much. I said, it didn't say that on box. So, <laughs> <laughs> next week, he's going to send me a dozen of them sure pins. He'll make it sure. Wow. Yeah, yeah. You, was, you was going through some shells. Oh, look, I had a guy called Lord Ludington. He was from England, owned all these estates. And he came over, he'd hunted all over the world. His shells got there, two cases of copper plated bismuth. This, we're talking the 80s. They didn't even have that then. And <clears throat> we go out the first day, we kill 78 ducks, and, uh, 78 geese. And he's just not impressed, you know? I mean, he just, that was a nice hunt. And he was calling out leads, 14-foot lead, 16-foot lead. He was crumbling. So then we got back, and he said, those gay dogs, those gay little dogs there. I said, I ain't got no f***ing dogs. <laughs> he said, no, no, I mean those happy little hounds. I said, okay. So I said, the rabbit dogs. I took him rabbit hunting. I know, right? <laughs> and we went the next day, and he's got a uh, he's got a Benelli, and he had one of them, you know, long extended things, and the rabbit run, bloom, 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 bloom. I looked at him, he done missed it. About the third one to miss, I said, that was a four foot lead. And he said, I can't hit him. I, I said, keep yanking the picture. You'll, you know, the trigger, you'll hit him. And uh, the next year, my outfitter was mad. I didn't know why he was mad. But he was mad because when he rolled this Benelli case out, he held eight Benellis. He said, this is your tip. Pick a Benelli. I said, a Benelli? Wow. That was my tip. And he booked the next time for like five days of rabbit hunting. So that meant my outfitter wasn't even going to get to duck or goose hunting. So he wasn't getting no Benelli. Wow. 
That's pretty cool yeah. there. Yeah, he said uh, Americans were vulgar with money. He said, you know, they they smoke a cigar, $40 cigar. You leave the band on, you want everybody to see you smoking it. The English take that off, that band. They hide the money that they're spending. <laughs> it was different. Wow. It, it, was, it was different. I got to meet a lot of people waterfowling, and that's what opened the door for a, a lot of other stuff. Yeah. You know, I've hunted all kinds of Davis Island and the King Ranch and just, you know, dozens of places that rabbit and squirrel dogs probably couldn't have gotten. Wow, that's pretty cool, old country boy. That long-haired redneck. You was hob- hobnobbing with a bunch of high-end folks. Well, you know, if you if you got a little skill, and you're personable, and you'll tote their bags and, sh- and clean their guns at night. Look, they used to say, "Clean my gun too, clean my gun too." My buddy would laugh because you know I told you how much I shoot that Benelli to pieces. So when we take them all out, you know they're a little. Their little shear pin and everything might get mixed up and put in my gun. <laughs> 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 oh, you so you was getting the best looking shear pin. If you're going to do me a dozen on you and you ain't shot him a five times in two years, yeah, he might find his way into mine. You know what I I'm heard saying? that. So, so how often do you clean your shotguns? Every day I use it. Every day I touch it, whether I shoot it or not. So, so no no no, I'm not talking about wiping off the outside. How, how often are I'm you breaking? I'm talking about breaking down every day. You break it every, every time you take it. If you shoot three shells, you're taking it apart, yes. the spring out, and all. Yes, yes. And I used to have a girlfriend that did that for me. She was in the military, and then and then she was accounting and all that. And the South Carolina guys come in one night, and my P-Row had floated off in the Death River. And she got out there and she got down to some clothes and she swam out there and got my P-Row and she ran back in. She said, well, y'all dump the water out of it. I go, you get my pies out of the oven. <laughs> my buddy said, we don't got girls that swim the river to get our P-Row and go take pies out of the oven. So I'm just, I told him he didn't expect enough out of his women. Sound to me like she might whoop you, Randy. <laughs> well, she, she's, y'all, she was a good old girl. That's wild. So, oh, yeah. so every time you take your gun, if you shoot it twice, yeah. you're breaking it down. Yeah, I'm OCD. Wow, I heard that. Yeah. I'm, I'm just that's just the way I am. I want everything. But you know what? If you're a good enough scouter and a good enough duck and goose caller, you probably shot your gun more than three times that day. Well, I get that. I'm just saying, if I go squirrel hunting and I shoot it five times a day, nope. I'm not cleaning, I'm cleaning it. Nope, I'm cleaning it. I heard that. I just, that's just, so it'll be there. It'll be cleaned and ready next time. Makes me feel better. I'm with you. Well, I'm about out of questions. You got any stories that's worth telling or you you told out? If I tell tell many more, I'll be having to make parts. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. I'd like to get you back on in the future and tell tell a few more stories. Oh, all right, that'll be fun. Hey, let's make a rabbit hunt sometime. I'm interested in it. I've got, I know where Mississippi is. Well, I've got some buddies that's trying to get me over the squirrel hunt your way, and I might have to stop by and rabbit hunt one day. I know everybody over this way. You so know you Shane Mason and Wade Hildebrand? Uh, yeah, yeah. Shane and Wade's been yeah. trying to get me to come down that way to, to hunt. I might have to swing by. and. and well, you uh, do that. We'll, we'll, we'll hang out. We'll get some pictures together. And man, stuff. that'd be fun. That'd be awesome. All right. 
I'm down for it. I appreciate it, man. It's been my pleasure. Man, I appreciate you coming on, Mr. Randy. I've really enjoyed this. Hey, tag me on my Facebook. Put this thing on there. I I sure will. All right, hook me up. Yes, sir. Thank you.